I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And uh, there's no David for unknown reasons. We have finally listened to the voice of our listeners. <laughs> the voice of our listener. Uh, yeah. It's like, I don't know about that David guy. <laughs> We're like, well, I guess we should listen to the 100% of our shareholders. <laughs> Um, no, this was uh, unplanned. We, we don't know where David is. We really hope that he's okay and all this joking isn't because he's like dying in his garage or something. Yeah, well, and I'm really hoping he, uh, you know, joins us at some point during the episode. Yes, that would be nice. But it's been, uh, you know, 15 minutes, so uh, time waits for no man. Right? It's been a quarter of an hour and we only got like 16 of those waking hours in the day, so. Yeah, and plus we have like 800 things on the outline to get to today. It so is amazing. We are going to... Just- Gotta just go for it. All right, so, Eniash. Yes. Uh, Remember last time we were talking about the wheat crop? I do remember that. Well, I have good news for you. Uh Uh-oh. The the farmers have already planted extra wheat. That's what I said last episode. I thought you said they didn't because they didn't know. No, I said they did because uh, the markets, the futures markets, were like, hey, we probably need more wheat. And so the I was glad about uh, capitalism working as intended. Oh, I see. I thought you said I thought we I thought we were all worried about it because we were like, oh, no, they would have had to plan it in the fall. No, what we're worried about is that the shipping won't get the stuff where it needs to be. Oh, well. All right, then. Well, then no, no extra good news except oh. to me because I didn't understand the situation. <laughs> apparently, were you not paying attention while we were talking? Uh <laughs> like it's just you fuckers why would i pay attention <laughs> right what do you guys never have anything intelligent to add right um well yeah so in any case yes they did plant extra wheat last fall um so the global supply of wheat should be fine pending shipping huzzah and that's the real sticky point the sticky wicket as they would say over the pond and the other follow-up we have this one all the way back from episode 15 was uh about the Plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Yes. Uh, Is that Whitman? Whitmer? uh, With something, definitely. Yeah. Um, But so, and and I'm I'm so, like, I was really gratified reading this story because we totally called it. Mm -hmm. Because the four guys were put on trial for this, and the the jury found two of them guilty. No, two of them not guilty. I mean, no, yeah, none of them guilty. Two of them not guilty, and two of them, the jury deadlocked, and they declared a mistrial. And the main defense was entrapment. Yeah. Basically saying, the FBI put us up to this. We weren't even going to do anything. We were just getting high, and the FBI was like, hey, you want to kidnap the governor? (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, we were high, so we were like, yeah, man, let's do it. And the jury apparently bought that defense for two of them, and part of the jury bought it for the other two also. Well, we know that FBI has a long history of doing this, so this is a surprise to nobody. Yep. Yeah, we definitely called it when we were talking about it before. We're like, I bet the FBI was like completely put them up to this, and they were just a bunch of chuckleheads that were not actually going to do anything. And wouldn't you know? So that's sort of good news because they're found innocent, but uh, apparently they've been in jail, or at least one of them. I'm not sure if they all were in jail for this time, for 18 fucking months for doing nothing? Can they sue somebody, the government, whatever, for losing fucking a year and a half of their life? Doubtful. That's some bullshit, man. You only live so many years, and they just took those years away. Yeah, you can sue for false arrest if the government like fabricated evidence against you. But if you have 
um, if they had legitimate probable cause, which even in the case of entrapment, they did, then there's nothing you can sue for. That's horrible. I would want to, like, stab somebody so they lived a year and a half less. <laughs> Just, like, very precisely. Yeah. Just like like in uh, fantasy stories where they're like, we're bleeding away 1.5 years of your life. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, if you figure out how to do that, let us know. It will we'll, be my uh, life's work. We'll form a corporation and sell it. Awesome. And not worry about the revenge angle, because really, who cares once you have money? Well, well hmm. see, now if we develop <laughs> that, some people might try to stab us that way. Well, no, because you're going to develop it. Yeah. but Just so everyone knows, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> your idea to monetize it well, yeah but that's a great idea it's not I, my idea to, to you know come up with dark rituals well mm, i'm gonna pin it on you anyway somehow uh but yeah i know i think you're right i think there should be some sort of comp- compensation for people who are kept in jail pending trial and then found not guilty yeah uh, not a ton of compensation but like you know whatever you would have earned in a year and a half i think would be appropriate <sighs> i suppose it doesn't feel like enough well, because it's not, but it's not, here's the thing. It's not, when you're found not guilty in a criminal case, it doesn't mean you didn't do it. It just means they couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you did it. Sure, but what about in total bullshit cases like this? Yeah, so maybe, I yeah, I think maybe there ought to be a cause of action for, um, if you can, like, prove that, like, negligence on their part. If, yeah. if you can prove that, like, they knew or should have known that the preponderance of evidence was against them. Yeah. You know, and that's what you have to do. Um, I mean, so that is lack of probable cause, actually, if you can prove that. Um, I don't know. It's been a long time since I did any kind of civil rights cases, but I know it's complicated and you have to get around qualified immunity. Fucking qualified immunity. Which is probably the biggest obstacle. But also, there's all kinds of immunities. Like, prosecutorial immunity is absolute. What does that Um, mean? You can't sue a prosecutor for prosecuting you, even if they completely know the case is bullshit. Well, that's absolutely horrible who made that a law um the courts that sounds like something you would do if you were like an evil person trying to run an evil country yeah um now you can sue for malicious prosecution uh but it's not the actual prosecutor that you sue we actually have a story later about malicious prosecution oh ho, ho. um so we should probably get to the news it's almost like we planned this yeah uh all right well we're gonna start out we're into the new news section. We're going to start out with Ukraine as usual. As usual, because it's the big thing. We have a follow-up on the previous story about um, about Russia demanding payment in rubles for gas. Europe's not doing that, nope. and Russia basically caved. Yeah. They, they have some weird, uh, complicated scheme where there's some middlemen with one of their gas companies who are going to be exchanging euros for rubles, so Europe's paying in euros, but the government's getting the money in rubles uh but it's just it's basically just they're just exchanging the money at the regular exchange rate so it's not it's not really doing it's not doing the thing they wanted but they've also largely stabilized the ruble anyway so that's probably why putin's backed off of this wasn't the thing they wanted to stabilize the ruble yeah that's what i'm saying they were able to do that without getting the gas paid in rubles so I think that's probably why Putin is like, all right, never mind. It's fine. I have a hard time understanding like who won on this because if Europe is paying in euros and Russia's getting paid in rubles, didn't both sides get exactly what they wanted? No, because R- Russia still has all the risk if the ruble gets devalued. 
Oh, okay, I see. The, the, the European countries aren't holding tons of rubles to buy gas with. Right. Ah, okay, got it. They, want, they wanted Europe to have to go exchange euros for rubles, so the um, demand for rubles went up, and it would stabilize the price. And instead, it's the Russian government now has to do that. All right. Well, I'm glad it didn't work out for Russia, which is yeah. probably something I'm going to be saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, right at those guys. Yeah. Speaking of things that didn't work out for Russia, they are no longer attacking Kiev. Huzzah! Rip. Yeah, they basically gave gave themselves an L for that one. Yeah. Though, um, of course, Putin's claiming that, that this was the plan all along. <laughs> they declared victory. Yeah, they were like, ah, well, we... And I think we talked about this last time, right? Yeah. It's like, yes, we did exactly what we wanted to do in Kiev, and now we're going. Um, but yes, so so basically what we said last time was looking like the situation was the actual situation. They have withdrawn from Kiev, and now they're focusing on eastern Ukraine um, and those uh, occupied regions there, or the, the, the Donbass and the... Uh, Crimea. What's the other one? Lutetsk, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was thinking Crimea too, but I guess that one's already solidly in Russia's hands. Yeah, cr- cr- Russia. Yeah, Russia basically has Crimea. Yeah, in, in practical terms. Did we link the um, awesome thread in uh, that it's in Twitter that has the uh, Battle of Kiev basically broken down? I don't think I know what you're talking about. Oh, there was there was a cool Twitter thread where a guy basically talked about uh, everything that went down uh, in Kiev. Kiev. Sorry, I keep saying Kiev. Uh, no, it is Kiev. We we had this conversation, but then we d- d- determined it was actually Kiev. No, it was the other thing. We you said it was Kiev, and then the next week we were like, oh no, it's actually Kiev. It, it was actually the the exact opposite. What? I said it was Kiev, and then we determined no, actually it's Kiev. <laughs> No, that is not what happened. I, if you're if you're saying it's the the opposite now, that is a a second change. I am willing to bet you money that the original thing was I said it's actually Kiev because that's what my mom was raised with when she was raised in Ukraine, and then it turned out that she was raised by fucking Soviets, and uh, the the nationalists uh, say that Kiev is right, and since we're supporting the nationalists, you know, might as well go along with them. Oh yeah, you're right. That yeah. is what happened. See. I know. No, you were right. I concede. I mean, that's that's. You should just record that last sentence and play it on a loop all the time. <laughs> you can just put that on everything. Exactly. Uh, see, this is why nobody ever admits they're wrong. <laughs> you're suppo- rationalists are supposed to congratulate each other for those kinds of admissions. All right, fine. You are a scholar and a gentleman, and thank you. <laughs> I knew. I know. I am. Yeah. yeah. All right. So they have withdrawn from Kiev. Um. And uh, so there's bad news along with this withdrawal, Mm. because what people are finding out when Russia withdrew is that they were uh, horrible pieces of shit while they were there. That's a that's an understatement. Yeah. And so they're finding like mass graves, torture sites, evidence of rapes and all kinds of shit that Russia was doing while occupying these a bunch of Ukrainian cities. Yeah. I think the first one that came out was uh, a city called Bucha, but there's a couple other cities now where they've seen similar things. Yeah, and basically all sorts of human rights abuses and what a lot of people are calling genocide. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. it's bad times, and Russia is like, oh no, no, uh, this all happened after we left to uh, Russian sympathizers, and then it was. I'm from what I hear pretty conclusively proven that uh, all this happened before they left. And it, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. They've got like satellite imagery and, and shit to show like, no, no, look, this is where everyone was. This is where this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was never, it was, I mean, it wasn't a credible excuse in the first place. Yeah. Like Vladimir Putin saying something should not move your needle from your priors. Even a little uh, bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, his, his words have no relation to the truth. Yeah. Sometimes they're true, but that's only incidental. Um, in response, Biden has called Putin a war criminal. I believe that is Which correct. I don't know what that accomplishes, but. but uh, nothing? Nothing. It's probably counterproductive, actually, but you know. Oh, why do you think it's counterproductive? Oh, because it's the same thing as him saying, like, well, Putin can't stay in power. It just, like, takes, it, it feeds his narrative and his probably, uh. at this point, rational belief that the West wants him taken out. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, we want him taken out. All right. But the question is, are we going to do that? You know, there's plenty of world leaders that I don't think the West collectively would be crying to see removed. Um you know, it's a question of, well, what steps are you going to take to further that? Yeah. Generally, regime, regime change does not work out very well. Yeah. We, we tried that. And it, um, you know, not great. No. Uh, but, you know, I, it's hard to blame the guy. Putin is a war criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, unless something is really misleading about, you know, this uh, evidence they found at all these places that were occupied, which I do not think is likely. Yeah. Everyone's pissed off about this. There's even more sanctions now. Uh, a bunch of Eastern European countries closed their borders for goods from Russia. So basically, the, Russia's entire Western border. Damn. Um, except Belarus, but the, then Belarus's border also has is is all countries that are saying your goods can't cross this. Yeah. So they're they're getting even more isolated. Um, the EU banned all bank transactions and coal imports. They're still buying gas, but they won't buy coal anymore. Um, and they won't allow any bank transactions, uh, whereas before I think it was just the cu- the two biggest banks. That's that's a you know it's a step forward. Yeah, I... it's it's big. I mean, it's the it's not it compared to the sanctions that we're already doing. It's sort of a minor step, mm-hmm. but it's just they're even more isolated now, and I don't I have no idea how they're gonna get through this if this war drags on and the sanctions keep going. And I don't even know how the sanctions are going to be lifted unless, you know, Putin's gone. I Yeah. Um, I was seeing that uh, Zelazny. Wait, that is his name, right? Zelensky. Zelensky. Okay. I keep doing. I, I Now I got confused which one is his real name. Uh, that Zelensky wants the power to, uh, in negotiations, to end uh, sanctions. And the rest of Europe is not going, and the U.S. is not going along with it. Uh, they're like, no, we're not going to give you that power. I don't know. I think... I think it would be a good idea if they did give him the authority to end the sanctions, because otherwise he doesn't have that much to offer Russia, aside from we're going to stop kicking your ass, right? Well, I wouldn't do it, but, you know, I'm a control freak. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, there are sanctions. I don't blame anyone for not giving him that power, but it if would strike make... a deal. Yeah, if he strikes a deal, and we'll probably, we'll probably end the sanctions. It's just we don't want to be like, well, no matter, you know, it's all up to you. Yeah. It's like, no, these are our sanctions. We'll... We'll put them on or off ourselves. That's fine. We're not, you know, we'll we'll be reasonable about it. But it's not up to you to say who we are or aren't sanctioned. Yeah, but it seems a lot to Russia might seem like a sort of unira- unilateral disarmament thing where they're uh, ending the hostilities, but just hoping that we're going to end sanctions in return. And well, yeah, that so that's why. Yeah, if they make if they make a deal, then they can make it contingent on you know the West lifting the sanctions. I guess, but uh, Zelensky can't actually offer that. Right. So then you got to come ask the West. Yeah. Just just makes the whole negotiating thing a bit more difficult, but I guess that's fine. Yeah. I mean, 
the sanctions, I don't know. They went in fast enough that I feel like the the actual whoever's responsible for putting these in could reasonably remove them on a similar timetable. Uh, apparently, this is one thing governments are actually able to do quickly. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Um, but speaking of things that are sanctionable, so Russia has state media. Um, so picture like if Fox News was actually owned by the government. Mm-hmm. And they put out a really uh, fucked up uh, program called What Russia Must Do With Ukraine. And... You know, this is on state media, so this is basically the the government of Russia. This is what they want their people to be hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically calling for full genocide. Like, the Ukrainian people can't be allowed to exist because they're all Nazis. Yes. I, I wasn't, wasn't it something like, every Nazi must be killed, everyone who gave aid to the Nazis, and our Nazi sympathizers all must be wiped out, and that's basically, they're saying, all of Ukraine. Yeah, it's well, I think it's saying anyone who was a soldier has to be killed and anyone who wasn't needs to be indoctrinated. I got the impression that they were saying that basically they, they would need to be killed as well. I guess they're, they're backing off a little bit to just indoctrination. No, well, the thing I'm talking about that was on the state media, mm-hmm. that, that what it said is kill the soldiers and then everyone else, you know, you have to do uh, ideological repression of Nazi ideas through harsh censorship. Not only in politics, but in culture and education areas. Okay. Um, so, not not full genocide, but <laughs> pretty genocidal. Yeah. I, I would view that, I'm sure the Russian military would view that as an excuse to kill absolutely anybody they wanted to, including civilians, because they are aiding uh, materially Nazis. Yeah, and here's the quote. Uh, it says, every Ukrainian is a, quote, Nazis who took weapons must be killed in numbers as much as possible. Not just the elites. The most of the people are guilty. They are passive Nazis, Nazi enablers. They supported these elites and must be punished. Right. So that to me sounds like a call for actually killing them. Yeah. Being I passive mean, Nazis and all Nazis must be killed. Yeah. I, well, I'm sure the lines would be blurred a lot. Okay. I don't think they're actually trying to wipe out the entire Ukrainian population, but certainly the anyone who fought against them and subjugating the rest of them i would imagine that like all males over the age of puberty would be wiped out maybe not the very old yeah because they're all drafted into the military Mm -hmm. so yeah i would i would totally buy it that they would just see a man over 18 and say well you must have been a soldier die man over 14 i would imagine yeah probably now that you mention it so that's basically genocide yeah no it completely and it's uh really fucked up so I don't know, and I don't. It's so weird that they would put that out just because they have to know how it looks. I, I, nobody knows what Putin is doing. Like, I, I think he's genociding, but he can't. But he just withdrew from Kiev. Well, yeah, he, he's genociding along the way as he pulls out. Which seems like a dumb public relations move, but I don't think he cares. I guess maybe he still thinks he's going to get the disputed regions. And that's um that's I guess that's his plan for there. He might actually get the disputed regions there. Yeah, I mean, he might. They're not nearly in as good shape as the uh, the western side. Yeah, and that might be that he might be laying the groundwork for that there. So uh, so that once he has the disputed regions, he can cleanse them of all uh, partisans, anyone who might give him trouble with the occupying. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, other in other Russia declares the ability to kill anyone they want. News. Mm. This wasn't actually passed yet. But the Russian parliament introduced a bill 
declaring any Russian speaker anywhere in the world a citizen of Russia, which, on the one hand, is super based. (laughs) I wish America would do that. Uh, But on the other hand, this seems just like a pretext for invading anywhere that he wants, saying like, oh, you've got all these Russian citizens there and you're persecuting them. Mm, Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, though, this is a great idea and we should all do it. But not to invade any place that speaks English. No, no, no. But just say, look, anyone anyone who speaks English, you can be a citizen of the U.S. Does, doesn't that include, like, more than half the world population? Yes, it does. Nice. And then we can be like, anyone who doesn't speak English, you're also a citizen. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, citizenship kind of loses meaning entirely. Well, no, it doesn't. Da- what? Because, you know, then you can come live here. What I'm saying is we should have open borders. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, citizenship does not matter. Yeah, um, it came out. I think we mentioned this earlier, but the ruble has has basically stabilized, and the Russian economy is actually doing okay for now, mm-hmm. which is very surprising considering the strength of these sanctions and and Putin's um, lack of access to a lot of international resources. But he planned for this to some extent, so the economy is doing all right. Um, I don't I don't think it can last. For, you know, a, a whole year like this, mm-hmm. but it's doing okay, which is, I don't know. I don't even know if that's disappointing or what, because, you know, w- we were worried before about the sanctions being too effective mm-hmm. and backing Putin into a corner where it's either, you know, admit defeat and accept the shame, which he's not going to do, or launch nuclear weapons. Well, having your country slowly revert to like North Korea levels of poverty isn't going to be great. It's certainly survivable as north korea has demonstrated but uh i don't know they'll they'll become far less of a force to be worried about in the world over the coming decades if this continues i would imagine because what are you going to do with no tanks and no economy sure but like that's not what we want we don't want russia to become another north korea especially because of how many nukes they got yeah this whole thing is really complicated by the nuke situation which i guess is exactly what the whole point of the nukes is yeah that is the point now people are talking about you know Re- renewing our, com- our our attempts to make some kind of missile defense shield. As far as I know, that's still kind of physically impossible with our current technology. Yeah, there's we could make something that can get you know fifty to ninety percent of the nukes, but that's not enough. I I don't think we could even get that many. I I think there's the technology exists to probably allow us to get at least half of them. Hmm. All right. I was reading about this. I don't know. It's all speculative. Nobody really knows. Yeah. I mean, things are a lot more advanced now. Elon Musk can fucking land rockets again after they've been used. So tech's definitely gotten better. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, the the Israel tech for their their missile defense won't won't really work on ICBMs. Yeah. But, you know, there's it's and it's all going to be designed from the ground up. So, like I said, nobody really knows. But, you know, might be worthwhile. Definitely worthwhile. Still still not something I would want to test. Yeah. Um, so speaking of international, uh, open borders and being based, Hmm. uh, Poland is being just the, the Chadliest country. Shout out to my home country. Oh yeah. Is that where you're from? Uh, Yeah. That's where I was born. I still have Polish citizenship. You should be very proud. I, they've accepted 2.3 million Ukrainian refugees. The weird thing is, I am kind of proud about this, despite the fact that I only lived there for the first six months of my life and have basically, you know, no claim at all to Poland or 
it's I don't understand why I'm proud and I'm not happy with this human psychology thing. I mean, my whole family was proud of being Italian. I mean, I lived there for like four generations. Yeah, see, what's up with that? It's just that's just how people are. People are weird, man. <laughs> but anyway, 2.3 million refugees, to put that in perspective, that's 6% of their population. Yeah. That's an insane amount of immigration. And as far as anyone can tell, the Polish people are just completely supportive of this. Well, because they know they're next if Russia keeps going. Yeah, and also, probably. Also, the Ukrainians and the Polish, you know, have shared border and culture for a while. They're not, like, completely divorced peoples, but... uh, Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is that they're culturally similar. Yeah, that helps a lot. So it's uh, a lot less a lot less culture shock. But also, it's like the all the international um, sympathy for Ukraine right now. Yeah. Yeah, combined with the cultural similarity is probably what's doing it. Um, but still, is a unprecedented number of refugees they're accepting. Yeah, it's insane. This is 200 times the rate the United States was accepting refugees uh, per population, even before Trump basically ended that entire practice. So it's just a, a, a ton of refugees they're accepting, and it is uh, just one of the... Like, this is the country putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. Anyone else who says we support Ukraine and isn't doing something like this, we should all be ashamed of ourselves. I have a couple neighbors who have uh, Ukrainian flags up, which is, I'm sure, a great benefit to Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, right? It's uh, super, super helpful. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, actually, I think the people with Ukrainian flags up probably would support accepting refugees. It's just the politicians that don't want to. Would they, like take a refugee into their living room or spare bedroom well, i don't know about that i think but that makes it some difference doesn't it well yeah but i mean uh, you know i think just let them just let them come let in, them in the country yeah okay. let them come here and work is i think all they're asking for yeah and yeah you know, it's really great you know if somebody wants to host them that'd be great and that's going above and beyond but but really all they need is just a, a place to go and make a home right and the U.S. is great, and we should let more people come here and do that. Yes. All right. I think that's it for the Ukraine news, uh, unless you have any more comments. That is everything. Okay. Um, somewhat related. Trump. Trump is still out there asking Putin for dirt on Biden, <laughs> which is just he. This is just like first. It's like what? What would you expect from him? Right. First of all, like, there's this, he, he's out there. This was, like, right after, too, they found the bodies in uh, in Bucha. It's not a good look, Trump's Trump. on TV, like, so, uh, Putin, I know um, everyone's pissed off at you right now. This would probably be a great time to release some more information on Hunter Biden. Yeah. It's like, dear God, man. I, is he implying that, like, he would help? Putin in return if if uh, he no, won. I think he's just I think he's just implying that this would like distract people. Oh, I don't think it would that much. Would it? Maybe it would. I mean, it would give Vox News something to talk about, right? People love their partisan politics. We say as we think, talk about partisan politics. Hey, we're very uh, nonpartisan here. We hate all the parties. Yes, but we really hate Trump a lot. Well, yeah, but that's not partisan. We don't hate Trump because he's a Republican. We hate him because he's a <laughs> fucking moron. Yeah, that's a good and a con artist. Yeah, all right, you've convinced me. <sighs> um, other other Trump news. The I think it's the one six commission got the call logs 
from the White House on uh, January 6th. And there's seven hours missing, which is uh, mighty suspicious, especially because we know of several phone calls that Trump made or, or received during that time. Like there were certain congressmen that were like, yes, I talked to Trump on the phone oh. during that. Well, and it's uh, yeah. So it's like, what? Uh, what's up with the missing call logs? He was using a payphone. Right? Everyone's like, was he using burner phones? Mm. And Trump's like, what's a burner phone? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Which uh, probably means he was definitely using burner phones. It could just mean he was using his regular phone and had the blogs purged. Can he do that? I mean, he's not the president anymore. Um, I mean, destroying destroying records of presidential communications is illegal. Well, has that ever stopped Trump? <laughs> no. No, like these, there were definitely calls, and he definitely destroyed the records. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, the question is, what, what's he hiding? Like, who was he actually talking to? I... Was it the guy with the the horned hat? Probably not that guy. No, maybe it was the guy with the, his feet up in uh, Nancy Pelosi's office. Maybe it was Putin. It was like <laughs> maybe it was Putin. Putin, I hear there's a uh, presidential dais thing that's uh, available. The podium. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How would you like? A nice spot in Nancy Pelosi's office. Yes. Uh, yeah. So no, I don't know what's going to happen with that. It's uh, probably nothing. He'll probably just get away with it because that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Have I mentioned how pissed off I am about the one six commission and how the Justice Department is like, we're going to get Trump for one for January 6th instead of just getting him for the fucking Georgia call and all his shady real estate shit and every other crime he's committed, obviously. Uh, you, have, you have not mentioned that. Well, I am pissed off about that. Okay. Because, oh, my God, these congressmen keep coming out and being like, Donald Trump's not above the law. And I'm like, he obviously is. Yes, and has been for okay, quite a while. Because we know, we know of all these crimes he committed and you're not doing anything. So clearly, and, and anytime you, you make any steps toward doing something, even the liberal news is like, well, this is, you know, this is a really uh, complicated situation because... <laughs> You know, do we want to set the precedent that the next administration goes after the previous one? Maybe if they commit massive crimes. Right? You're like, well, did the previous administration commit tons of crimes? Then yes. Yes, we do want to set that precedent. <laughs> They're worried they won't be able to commit tons of crimes anymore. Yeah, right? What would happen if the president couldn't commit tons of crimes? I mean, at that point, why even be the president? Exactly. Um, see, we're joking. <laughs> but are we? <laughs> but that obviously is a lot of the reason why politicians don't get punished for their crimes because the other politicians are the ones who would have to punish them and they're like but what about our crimes yeah because yeah. we have an awesome system <sighs> it's just the best you're making me depressed again let's move on to less depressing things <laughs> all right <laughs> less depressing news uh shanghai is on super lockdown God damn it this is even worse <laughs> Uh, um yeah yeah oh yeah it's bad it's bad in shanghai uh people are locked in their houses and are just not allowed to come out like literally they're standing on their balconies screaming into the night because they cannot leave their apartments yeah except when they do that the drone comes up and is like hey go back inside i love that they were saying like please suppress your passion for freedom or something yeah people were people were going out like onto their roofs and singing Mm mm-hmm and the government sent these drones out 
with speakers being like, control your soul's desire for freedom. Yeah. Go back inside. Now, I know we've said before that if we were actually to do a lockdown, we should do like a full lockdown where no one can go inside, which is... No, that that's what you kept saying. That is what I, I was, kept saying, I kept yes. saying, let's just not do a lockdown. Well, you know, I was saying like if there was a zombie apocalypse or something. No, no. It, that's when we, we said, then people would just do that themselves. Yes. You don't have to coerce people into avoiding the zombie virus. Yes, we did. But like part of the whole locking down people for good uh, like that is making sure they have enough food and things just to you know keep living, which is not a thing in Shanghai, apparently. People are not getting yeah, enough food. Not, and That's not what they're doing. Now. No, and they apparently have a bad cold chain uh, in their supply lines. And just in general, people don't keep a lot of food on hand, which is your periodic, periodic reminder to keep uh, at least two weeks of calories somewhere in your place all the time. But yeah, there, there are actually starting to be, from what I've seen, some small, um, I don't know if the word riot counts, disorderly public actions, maybe riots where people are like breaking into supermarkets and leaving their houses uh, to get food. And things are things are starting to get crazy down there, man. I do not think there have been any riots. There have been acts of civil disobedience. Yes, it's it's hard to say where the line is drawn. Like if you're breaking into a supermarket to get food, is that a riot? No, it's not a riot unless there's at least 50 people. Oh, is that literally... The, 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 no, oh. no, I just made that oh, up. Okay. But it's definitely more than one. Right. One person cannot riot. No. Well, but the video linked shows, I mean, it looks like, I don't know, a dozen, couple dozen people maybe. Oh, all right. Maybe it is a riot then. Yeah. But anyway, yes, these are starving people. Yes. That are breaking into the supermarket because they have no food because China won't let them leave their house. And I was reading Zvi linked in his latest update, which we'll link in the show notes, to this Twitter thread of this guy who's in Shanghai describing the situation. And it's like, you can get deliveries, but you can't go outside to pick them up. That's what? And there's like a, a certain time of day where somebody from the building is allowed to go out and get all the, the packages. Oh, no. And they have to like put on the beekeeper suit and go out and get it. And... You know, it's, sometimes they'll drop off meat in the morning and they won't be able to get it till the evening and it's like 80 degrees outside. And it's just, it sounds completely insane. Yeah, this is bad times. Yeah, it's bad times. And it's, uh, it's I feel like it's gotta, it's probably gonna work, right? What is the... Because they were doing the half-assed lockdown until this week. Oh, I don't know. China's always been pretty strict with COVID, but it's... At this point, it's really stupid because the new the new COVID variants are, first of all, much more contagious, which makes the lockdowns not quite as effective. But also, like, they don't matter nearly as much. And also, if China would just fucking accept the mRNA vaccines from the West, they wouldn't have nearly as big of an issue. Like, this, this yeah. is a complete cutting off your own nose sort of situation that China's doing. Yeah, that's the real problem is that very few Chinese people are vaccinated. And those that are have gotten, like, the shitty Chinese vaccine that doesn't quite work. And Shanghai is a fucking massive city. If civil order breaks yeah. down in Shanghai, that's it's going to be terrible. Yeah, and now it's not just Shanghai. There's actually 23 other cities that are on some kind of lockdown. They're not all quite as strict as Shanghai, which means they're not going to work. No. Uh, but some of them are. So it's spreading. You know, Z thinks China has failed to contain this. Uh, and it's just going to spread. I, you know... This this is one of the reasons that um that absolute dictatorial power in one person is seems like a bad idea. Oh, this is one of the reasons. This is one of them. Yes. You mean they could they could institute horrible policies and people just have to do it? Yeah. Oh, 
I didn't realize that. I, I only bring this up because, you know, monarchy stuff was come up recently. Oh, oh yeah. right. That's right. Yes, listen to uh, listen to the Beijing Conspiracy episode on monarchy. I just know, realized, realized, just found out, today I learned uh, that in China, if you test positive for COVID, your pets are killed. That sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. But pets don't even get COVID most of the time. But they, well, you know, you say most of the time, and China has a very strict zero policy, and pets are fucking not human, so whatever. But, like, do dogs and cats even get COVID? I don't know, but China doesn't care. Like, I understand if you have a pet pangolin. Yeah. I, I found out about this by um, seeing a video linked. I didn't actually watch the video because it looks horrible. Of a uh, corgi chased down in the streets and beaten to death by, um, by someone because uh, his owner tested positive for COVID. Huh. Google. the Well, the, the CDC says, yes, dogs and cats can get COVID. Uh, they said the risk of spreading it is low, which probably means it's almost never happens if the cdc is saying mm. but it is apparently possible so uh hey china is just the worst yeah everyone should not live there <laughs> they should live here instead because we should let them exactly i do still think you can have Sorry, open just... borders and still have citizenship rules and i think actually that might be a really good idea look it's what really matters is that we let people you know come here and earn a living and raise their standard of living. yeah i agree so however you want to do that you know, I'll take cool. it. Well, shall we move on to something less depressing? Yeah. <laughs> God. Look at, all right, this next story is yours. I don't know if this is less depressing. Uh, the, <laughs> in France, they are having a presidential election in a uh, couple of weeks, a week and a half. And uh, the far-right candidate, Le Pen, uh, looks to have a pretty good shot of winning. Uh, she had a decent shot of winning last time the presidential elections came around as well, but uh, this time an even better shot. So, I don't know, not... I don't have much to say on that, except, you know, everyone else is talking about it. So something to keep your eye on. So when you say good shot, what do you mean? Uh, the She got into the runoff and uh, her opponent, Marcon, who is the incumbent, uh, has before the runoff, you know, more votes than her. But a lot of the right wing votes were split among several candidates. And there's speculation. Oh, okay. that Okay, so this is. So this is a runoff between Macron and Le Pen. Yes, and this is there's oh, speculation man, that, that uh, if those yeah if those votes go to her that she's gonna win. Yeah, if it's one v one, you know anything can happen. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Le Pen is insane. Um. Yeah, in support of a law that would make um anyone wearing a headscarf in France uh get a fine. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. I mean, I didn't say anything religious. Uh, just well. Uh. Yeah, Le Pen is just, like, virulently xenophobic. Yes. And that's, like, th- th- I mean, that's all I ever hear about her. I don't know if she has other platforms, but that's the one that, that gets her attention. She's also apparently going to lower the value-added tax, at least in her, you know, statements of what she wants to do, from 20%, per- uh, 20% to 5.5% and eliminate all income taxes for people under 30, uh, as well as a few other things. I mean, I have no idea if those would be beneficial i don't know either because i don't know anything about how france is working right now yes we'll have to ask our our french people in the server although i would say that like if more than half the people are far right in france it's better for them to elect someone than to install someone by force that is better to do it within the system Mm. but you know it still sucks Mm, oh here we go she has promised a referendum on immigration which she says would lead to a rewrite of the constitution to assure a france for the french we're native people Native French people would be prioritized over non-French people for benefits, housing, jobs, and health care. 
She would remove the right of children born in France to foreign parents to obtain French nationality in their teenage years. Oh, that's just super classy. That's really pretty fucked up, in my opinion. Born and raised in the country, and then you can't get citizenship. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't realize they didn't have birthright citizenship. Uh, apparently, you have to do it when you're in your teen years. That's better than nothing. And, and they want to end to that. Yes. Um. So, I mean, you know what my answer is. Uh, everybody can be the citizen of any country. Well, yeah, but <laughs> more specifically, just let them come here. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, all right, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, this is somewhat better news, I guess. Justice Jackson was confirmed. Huzzah! So we're going to have a, a new Supreme Court justice next term. Yeah, she seems pretty decent. Yeah, she seems fine. She's like, basically, she's a liberal justice. They're... In terms of the way they rule on things, it's mostly interchangeable. Yeah. Um, which, you know, has its good and bad parts, but they're mostly, the liberals are mostly much better on civil rights, which is what I care about most mm-hmm. when it comes to the Supreme Court. Like, I kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to what this right wing Supreme Court is going to do on the regulatory state, because I think it has gotten completely out of hand. I feel very torn on. All of these issues always because I am socially extremely liberal to, yeah, 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 you you know how liberal, but like fiscally, I'm pretty darn conservative. I think government should get out of a lot of things and uh, just not fuck with people's econ stuff. And so like whenever there's a liberal or a conservative confirmed, I'm like, yay, but also boo. And (laughs) so I'm just always unhappy. See, you could just you could just always be happy instead. Or that's true. And be like, yay, conservative, they might reduce the size of government. Or yay, a liberal, they will protect civil rights better. All right. I like your way better. All right. So yay, <laughs> Justice Jackson was confirmed. She'll help uh she'll help protect civil rights. Yeah. But you know, also facilitate the growing size of government. But also she's in the minority, so she's not gonna not gonna be very effective no matter what she does. Uh speaking of the Supreme Court came out this past couple weeks that Ginny Thomas, the wife of Clarence Thomas, is a crazy conspiracy theorist. Interesting. So that's fun. Um, I guess everybody knew this for a while, but for some reason it was just making the news recently. Does it matter that much? Well, that's the question. Like, so she's like, she thinks she was at the January 6th rally. She didn't go in the, the Capitol, but she was at the rally. Right. She thinks she thinks the Democrats stole the election. Um, she has a lot of access to to Trump's people. Like she was texting with Mark Meadows on on that day. Um, and really, all people are asking for is like, okay, Justice Thomas, you should probably rec- recuse yourself on anything having to do with you know the stolen election or January sixth. And he's like, nah. <laughs> uh, which you know, I'm kind of. I think he probably should. Um, because I don't know. Definitely. I mean, obviously, and I think he would recuse himself on anything if if his wife was directly involved like if her um yeah text messages or, or anything were subpoenaed and they were trying to get at them or if there was like a bunch they were trying to get and hers were in there i think he probably would recuse himself from that mm-hmm. uh it's a lot it's a lot more questionable if it's just like a cause she is heavily involved in and i don't know how i feel about that i mean i think it's probably better but it's also the supreme court is so political anyway that like I feel like you'd just be pretending that they're not to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to recuse myself from this because it's a political cause that my wife is super involved in. Like, you know, 
Supreme Court justices get involved in political causes all the time. And also, aren't adults supposed to be able to not to to divorce, you know, the effects of my wife thinks this, uh, so I'm going to rule in her favor as opposed to, you know, you're supposed to be able to compartmentalize a bit and not take that into account if you're smart. No, Eniage, people don't do that. I, I mean, I understand that probably in the back of his mind is going to be like, oh man, I'm going to get the angry looks from her tonight when I go home, but... You're, you, that's a price you're willing to pay if you're a Supreme Court justice, right? No. Is she going to divorce him over a r- ruling? It's not a question of whether she's going to divorce him. It's a question of his wife is involved in this. Well, I mean, if she was directly involved, yeah. But I don't think he would need to recuse himself from like a January 6th thing if it came to the Supreme Court or anything to do with Trump, right? I mean, he certainly wouldn't need to. Um, the The... Official guidance on this is that judges should recuse themselves whenever there's an appearance of impropriety, which this definitely qualifies for. Yeah. But there's also no enforcement of that, so it's really up to him. In terms of what I think the rule should be, again, I don't know. It's hard. Because, like like I said, the Supreme Court is super political, and if you wanted judges to recuse themselves from any case where they had strong political views one way or the other, they wouldn't rule on anything, ever. All nine of them would have to recuse themselves from every case. Would it look less impropriety-ish? Improper, I guess? Improper. Yes. <laughs> if he were just to like come out and say, you know, bitches be cray-cray, this isn't going to affect me one way or the other. Probably. But he's not going to say that. He's he's right there with her. Like He believes all the same stuff. Does he? He goes to all these functions with her. He didn't go to the rally, but she does a lot of you know political advocacy and networking and stuff that he goes with. He, he does with her. Okay, so the... I didn't realize that the thought was that he is equally crazy. Oh, he's crazy. Okay. That's been obvious for decades. <laughs> well, it wasn't obvious to me. Well, you probably haven't read any of his opinions. I, very well. I refuse to comment on that. Every Justice Thomas opinion, I actually love them. Yeah. I'm kind of glad he's on the court because his opinions are all like, the government should not be able to do this. Oh, that's a good opinion. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> but it's... I don't know. It's just like he he, uh, he he doesn't have a lot of nuance to it. He's like a murder trial comes up. The government should not have the power to do anything about this. Yeah, right. Which, you know, maybe the states should handle murder. Mm-hmm. Not a not a crazy idea. Uh, but it's just he's just uh, it's very anachronistic. Like he he never uh, every other just it just even the conservative ones are like, well, look we have these precedents like this is how this has been interpreted over time this is and let's look at like the consequences of what one ruling would do or another one and the uh, you know original intent of these laws and everything and thomas is just like well i read in the constitution i don't see anything in the constitution that says the government is allowed to do this so they're not you know that's kind of based yeah it really I sort is of like this the more i'm hearing about him <laughs> yeah uh, um the problem is he's inconsistent with oh that no because yeah, because then when it's like police power, he's like, nah, we should let the police do whatever. Oh, what an asshole. Yeah, right? It's just a piece of shit. If he was actually consistent with it, they're like, no, the government can't do any of this. Uh, that would be great. But when it comes to civil rights, he's like, nah, the government's allowed to violate people's civil rights. It's fine. We just don't want lawsuits. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's actually pretty shitty. Well, let's go on to some less depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know is so this one this one actually is gonna be uh our, our I, I bet i think our listeners are probably gonna be divided about mm. this the 
an Amazon warehouse is unionized. So I discovered after learning this news that I don't know shit about labor law and I shouldn't have an opinion on this until I learn a bit more <laughs> about labor law. Because apparently uh, this does not mean what I thought it meant. What did you think? It meant? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like at first I thought that unions just meant a bunch of people got together and decided that they were going to do stuff like not go to work together. But I guess there's a whole bunch of like legal laws and protections and things that like Amazon won't be able to do now, and I just, I need to read up on it more. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of a union of like, oh, the workers get together and all agree to collectively bargain with management instead of just bargaining individually, um, that's awesome. And I don't think anyone could be against that if that's what the workers want to do. The problem is, yeah, the government gets involved. And they're like, okay, well, here's all the rules. First of all, anyone who doesn't want to be in the union, fuck you. You're in the union or else you're fired. See, that's fucked up. Yeah, that is fucked up. Also, um, you know, the government has to be in on all these negotiations and we have to approve everything. Equally fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of unions. I feel like unions are largely negative some. Where they, you know, they're good for the people in the union, but bad for anyone who's not in the union. Like, if more, if if all the Amazon warehouses unionized, we'd probably just pay more for stuff on Amazon. Yeah. And the workers might get treated better, they might not. Because a lot of times, you know, unions negotiate these contracts and it's all, like, symbolic stuff. It's all protecting shitty employees and making them get harder to fire them. Yeah. Um, my, I feel like I'm super biased against unions because one of my first experiences with unions was it at Drexel where I went to undergrad. They had this, I don't even know what union it was, but we were, um, in the, we, we did theater in, um, you know, some non-traditional spaces sometimes. And the union yelled at us for moving chairs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because that's taking work from the union. Yes. And there was some kind of union rule that only union workers were allowed to move chairs. The most fucking annoying problem I've had with a union was when I was volunteering for a Comic-Con and, like, a vendor wanted to move. It, by a vendor, I mean someone paint, uh, selling their art that they, you know, just created at home and printed out. Mm-hmm. Wanted to move some stuff uh, from their car to their table and were not able to do that. A union uh, worker had to come in and do it for them at an insane charge. Because yeah, that's that's taking labor away from unions. Yeah. And the person's like, yep. I just I just want to roll this little cart of my shit from the door to the table, and no. Yeah, and if we had a sane system, I'd just be mad at the management who agreed to that. Because <laughs> I'm like, what what on what planet does this rule make sense? But in the system we have, it's like there's all this this extra sh- extra shit in the way that ends up coercing the management into agreeing to all kinds of dumb shit like that. Yeah. Do you, what? How did you finally get around the moving the chair situation? We just moved it. Oh, and just didn't tell anyone. Didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. What? What if the place that you were uh, working at Drexel got you know major fines from this? I don't give a shit. Well, I mean, I know you don't give a shit, the- but they probably would, and then they'd be like, "You're fired." Yeah. I, I wasn't working there. I was a student. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "All right, cool union. We'll wait for you guys." And then as soon as they left, we moved all the chairs. But yeah, it's just this ridiculous shit that you end up with, and you know. I don't think that's actually evidence of anything. I'm just I'm just laying my biases out there that I'm like I don't. Uh, unions give me a, a, a bad taste, and plus, you know, police unions. Yeah, 
are one of the most visible unions. And teachers' unions aren't much better. And my mother was a teacher. Did she complain about the unions, or was she really happy that they were fucking everyone else over for her benefit? No, the union the union actually really helped okay. her out. It worked out really well for her. I mean, her. I know. She was like, a teacher. Yeah. She has a, yeah, she has a nice like pension. So she was on the West train of, you know, hey, worked out for me. Fuck the rest of you guys. Well, I don't know. I don't talk to her about Oh, it. damn. I'm never like, Mom, what do you think about teachers' yeah. unions? She's probably in favor, though. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Just like I'm in favor of keeping, you know, uh, law a cartel industry that benefits me. It's yeah. I'm I'm actually, despite the fact that I own a few properties here in Lakewood, I am for Yimbyism and uh, Georgia's taxes. Even though I get the feeling I personally would get fucked if those things went through, but um, fuck it. It, it, the rest of society would be great, and I would reap the benefits of that over time. Well, aren't you? fucking hero. i am i am really a bit of a moral paragon <laughs> all right all right you're one of those people who cares about principles Just a little bit well good 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 work sticking to your principles yeah. uh speaking of principles hmm? sort of this is kind of an awkward transition but whatever mit is bringing back the sat that kind of works as a principle and also yay yeah i probably should have put this in happy news yeah well it's it's enough of a culture war thing that I probably shouldn't go to happy news yeah they uh they didn't they, no, it was. They originally suspended it as a COVID measure. Um, they were not one of these ones, but who was like, the SAT is racist, so we're not going to require it. They were like, well, COVID prevented a lot of people from taking the F- SAT, but the, a lot of people thought they'd just never put it back because of all the like all the schools doing mm-hmm. that, um, which is you know a thinly veiled uh, excuse for you know accepting fewer Asian yeah. kids. But yeah, they're bringing it back, which is great because the SAT is one of the only ways that kids from shitty schools can prove that they're smart and deserve to yeah, go there. Pretty much every other metric can be gamed with money, and uh, SATs, I mean, can also a little bit, but far less than oh, everything they else. They can't, though. Like, yeah, it's really only a little yeah. bit. Everyone screams about how, like, oh, my God, rich kids get all this test prep, and it's like it raises their scores by, like, like 10 yeah, points which average. is not much at all in the SATs. Yeah. So that's... I mean, sometimes, sometimes it makes a difference at the margins, but, like... Really, the problem is it makes it much harder to discriminate, which, you know, people used to think that was a good thing. Yeah. And uh, the Supreme Court's probably going to ban actual discrimination. That would be awesome. This term. I, I, I'm I, like 80% confident that they're going to do it. It's really crazy to me that it took a strongly conservative Supreme Court to ban discrimination, but that's the world I mean, we live in. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a coke. Um... But yeah, I'm glad to see MIT's bringing back the SAT. Hopefully other schools will follow suit. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, it's the whole get rid of the SAT thing was very stupid. Yes, yes it was. Okay, and now, um, oh, you have a thing here that says we're doomed. Why are we, we doomed? We are doomed because artificial intelligence is getting really good, and uh, that means we have less years left before somebody accidentally makes an artificial intelligence that wants our atoms for things that we don't you know, want to give our atoms up for. Yeah, so what was up with, like, all the AI getting released this I week? I don't know. Because it, it's, like, three different things, right? Uh, yes, it almost feels like there was a, I don't know, people were holding out just to release everything at once, although I don't think there's that kind of coordination in the AI uh, development community. So, I don't know, just coincidence? They probably had it all last week, but didn't want to release it because they think it was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> is... is it, Maybe it would be a coordination thing if people are trying to raise the alarm a little bit about AI and they're like, look, we got a whole bunch of shit that we've all developed at once. Let's all release it the same week to really get people paying attention to this as opposed to drabbling it out. 
I mean, that's what Yud would that, do. Yes, I'm just not sure there's that much coordination uh, within the field. Yeah, I don't think he has enough uh, that much influence on the community mm. for that. But anyway, so what came out this okay, week? Okay, a number of things. First of all, Doll E2 uh, is a program that you give it a natural language prompt, like uh, teddy bears on the moon using 80s technology to create AI, and it will make some art of, of that. And you can tell them in the style of X or Y, you know? And they, it's yeah. it's gotten really fucking good. Like, it yeah. is... They posted some prompts and what it came up with, and it's just incredible. Yeah. And I have, uh, due to the um, I, winning of my writing award a few years ago from the Scientologists, they had a big old uh, one-week event where we got to meet all the other winners and illustrators and meet some sci-fi legends. I got to have dinner with Brandon Sanderson. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, oh. so Scientologists, absolutely crazy, but totally take their money for stuff it's it's worth it um anyways the uh i i'm still in touch with some of these people i talked to one of the illustrators he is strongly of the opinion that this is not going to put a lot of illustrators out of work because there's a lot you can't do with ai still that you need humans to do but like in my opinion a lot of the illustrations you want don't have to be like top tier they're like just good enough no no what it's gonna what it's gonna put out of business are the um the stock images companies. Stock images, definitely. Also, anyone who just makes quick images for like twenty to fifty dollars for for people, like yeah. anything like that, in the in the lower tier of work, is probably going to get wiped out by this once uh, Doll E becomes public and usable for not yeah. much cost. And that's uh that's going to be a problem because you learn illustration by starting out with the cheap, easy stuff like that and slowly work your way up. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think that he is wrong. And it's going to be an issue, and also, it's only another five years before it gets to the point where it can start doing even right. more. Right, <laughs> before, before we get Dolly. Yeah, four. exactly. But yeah, it is. Follow the link that we're going to post because it is some startling stuff. Also, Eni, I should get the pun in the name. Right? I believe it's a Wally pun. Well, but also Salvador Dali. Now that you point that out, I do. I did not get that before because I hate puns. I didn't think you did because you keep saying Dolly. Yeah, it's Dali. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I thought you'd appreciate it. I that. appreciate it so much. You stunned me into silence, and I think I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before you quit, what's the what's the second one that got released? The second one is Google Pathways Learning. Uh, sorry, Google Pathways Language Module, which is an AI that uh, is basically another next iteration of GPT three kind of thing. Not exactly because then it would be GPT four, but the same kind of concept, uh, which can uh, explain. It has. It seems to have um, knowledge of context and ability to um, distinguish cause and effect and understand counterfactuals. It's amazing. It can explain jokes to you. Uh, I should I read off some of these, or do we not have time for that? Well, just just read off one of them, and you'll get the people will get the idea. Okay. Uh, so one that I was pretty darn impressed with with was input. I was going to fly to visit my family on April 6th. My mom said, oh great, your stepdad's poetry reading is that night. So now I'm flying out on April 7th. Output from the AI, the joke is that the speaker's mother is trying to get them to go to their stepdad's poetry reading, but the speaker doesn't want to go, so they change their flight the day after the poetry reading. How the fuck, man? An AI picked up on that? That that feels like you understand the actual words of the sentence. Yeah, and there's many more of those. Many. So we'll, we'll post the link in the show notes so you can go read them all. But it's uh, yeah, it's pretty freaky stuff. Yeah. The the AI is getting jokes better than I right, do. and it could do counterfactuals. It um had a thing about a president being on a horse or a rocket, and it said uh, the consequence of this is that the president on the rocket would get there faster, which is 
nowhere in the input. It's just something that it figured out. Um, uh, it was like the president was on a horse. What would happen if the president was on a rocket instead? And the answer was the president would get to his destination faster. I don't know. It's it's fucking impressive, man. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't. If I knew anything about AI, you know, I would probably have a better idea of like what how much of a leap this is. But from a sort of an average layperson view, this looks yeah. huge. And I mean, there's the possibility because we didn't see all the inputs. Maybe they're like 50 different things that it replied and 49 of them were kind of dumb. And then like this 50th one was amazing. And so they pushed. Well, so people on the server were saying that the when they looked into the jokes, it looked like they were not cherry. That's I mean, that's what I heard, too, so, which is why I'm yeah. really st- surprised by this. Like. I'm still holding out the possibility, crossing my fingers and hoping that maybe they were cherry picked, but uh, that's that's not what I hear is the case. Inyash, stop hoping for terrible things. That, AI is good for mm, us, but but is it? I mean, it is till it isn't. Okay, that's fair. It's the until it isn't part that I'm worried about. But certainly, people getting put out of work is good. This is a topic we can discuss some other day. <laughs> it is larger. <laughs> the march- Labor saving is good. <laughs> the Inyash. margins of this podcast are not wide enough to uh, contain the commentary on this. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've already we're already going longer than yeah. Uh, the all right, we're only halfway through, and we still have more AIs to talk yes. about. What's this alpha alpha code? code. This is actually uh, a couple months old now, but we hadn't covered it before. And I figured as long as we're talking about AI stuff, might as well do alpha code as well. Uh, alpha code can solve natural language coding problems at the level of new programmers. Uh, the there are programming competitions which are really fun. I competed in one back in high school, back when I thought maybe I would go into p- computer programming but you're basically given a problem which can be solved using a computer uh and then you have to write code to fix this problem like a traveling salesman type problem uh arrange all these tetris tiles in a way that they um take up the least uh total surface surface area that kind of thing they're Really cool pro- programs. Program an AI that's smarter than this AI. <laughs> right. you know. they're, they're fun problems. You have generally uh, either four or six hours to work on them. And uh, the, 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 you need to do actual thinking to do them, uh, at least in my uh, experience. Uh, AlphaCode gets a average ranking in the top 54% of participants of the past 10 previously uh held programming competitions with more than 5,000 participants. So yeah, as good as a uh, high school level programmer who knows how to program. See, that's the one that's worrisome. (laughs) Like if they can draw pictures, that's great. When they can start coding, like, ooh. You know people who code for a living, so now it's worrisome. Oh no, it's not that they're going to get put out of business. It's like that's how fast AI takes off. Sure, but high school programmers can't program AIs. No, but like, it doesn't take a whole lot to go from beginning programmer to excellent programmer I, in terms of... Uh, like, for a human, know, it doesn't. For a machine, maybe it would. I'm just saying, like, it's pro- to, to me, from a layperson standpoint, mm-hmm. it looks like less of a leap than the, the one that could go from, like, making weird, like, surrealist art to making exactly what you're describing. Okay, yeah. Like, from, from my point of view, that that looks like a huge leap that just happened in a couple of years. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the next leap in this one yeah. going to be? I mean, all the leaps are synergistic and combining, uh, which is what brings us to our fourth uh, AI news thing, Socratic, right, Socratic modeling. It combines several different models uh, to do some really amazing things. Uh, the thing that 
I'm going to talk about briefly is the visual model. It's uh, trained on captioned internet images to recognize, quote unquote, what's in an image and output that to text so that you can, you know, just automate captioning pictures. Uh, like give it a picture of an elephant and two people nearby and it'll say like two people are on an elephant, you know? You know what I hope this what means? Hope it means? Is that the captures will stop asking me like which of these things contains a car? Because I feel like the AIs can do that. Uh, I believe they probably can. Yeah. Yeah, and those are like the most annoying ones. Ah. They, yeah, they they t- take this model and they combine it with the language model, which is a thing we talked about earlier, with just the thing that understands language and outputs results, uh, and combines the two of them to extrapolate, uh, make it do really insane shit. Like this, uh, this AI just got a little clip of um, of a video, and the visual model recognized all the things in it and listed them off and then the language model took that list of things in text and did a a it would did i still don't want to use the word thinking but it used its model on it to uh output something that a human would recognize as uh, a short summary of what happened in the video and it was then able to also answer questions about what happened in the video it's kind of crazy and scary and amazing it's the, 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 I mean, people were like, oh, what's well, a language model? What can it possibly do? But combine it with various other models and you start having a uh, a brain thing happening where our brains also combine various uh, models to, to... Oh, man. This is going to be awesome till it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, hopefully that awesome period lasts a while. I, I, how? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Inyash, you're a land speculator, so you're not going to get put out of work. Um, well, hopefully the AIs will convince people to... Uh, uh, put in George's taxes, and then I will get put out of work. No, because then you can just make improvements on your property. Oh, I mean, Charge I'd do that already, but I would get slightly less money. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'm pretty sure I would get less money because part of my income right now is definitely just appreciation of land value. All right, mm. fair enough. But still, you know, you'll probably you'll probably make it. And I'm a lawyer, and e- even if they make AIs that are better lawyers, the you know the bureaucracy will never let them practice. So I'll be fine. What if the AI convinces the bureaucracy to let them practice? Well, if the AI is convincing the government what to do, we've already lost. I mean, it's the losing that I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in the, in, in the uh, you know, the, the age of M situation will be fine. Okay. Uh, you know, if uh, the evil AI takes over the world, well, that's all she wrote, yeah. you know? Uh, speaking of evil um, overlords taking over things, Elon Musk has bought 9.2% of Twitter. Our beneficent god emperor. uh he was offered a spot on the board of directors everyone thought he had accepted it but it came out today that he didn't that was just uh uh, he he was like what i think happened was that they announced he was going to be on the board and he got like eight billion messages of people being like yo here's what you should do with Mm. twitter and he was like i don't want to do that the week that he was that he had after he bought the shares, but before this news came out, was absolutely awesome. Elon Twitter following. He was constantly trolling Twitter. Uh, I believe oh my, <laughs> my favorite poll of his was uh, Twitter should remove the W in its name. And your voting options were yes or of course. Because <laughs> then it'd be Twitter. Yes. <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Which is a word for, uh, you know, a little chuckle. Yes. And I, you know, I don't know any other reason why it would be uh, funny. Th- absolutely nothing to do with boobs. Boobs. Uh, I don't know. But. Um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what this will lead there to? There was 
there was some speculation that he did this because uh, part of being board of the directors, uh, the agreement included a promise to not buy more than 15% of uh, Twitter. And uh, people were like, ah, <laughs> see, he wants to do the full hostile takeover thing. And I really doubt that because that's just a lot more money. And also he doesn't need to. So I didn't actually look this up or anything, but this has got to be the like the direct result of him doing that Twitter poll months ago, being like, should I sell a bunch of my Tesla stock? Oh, I you remember, do remember that? that. Now he's reinvesting in yeah, Twitter. Yeah, and everyone stuff. was like, yeah, sell it. Um, And so he probably just had this big pile of cash. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, what am I going to buy? How about yeah. Twitter? You don't want to keep it as cash because that shit is getting hit by inflation. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I I also suspect he bought, he did this um, so he doesn't get banned. You, you know, I... He's like, you can't ban me if it's my company. Yeah, my speculation was at least partly that he seems to be a fan of the Babylon Bee, which is fun. And uh, he actually gave them an, a, I think, like two-hour in-person interview, which was an amazing, yes, yeah, an amazing scoop for a satire company with like a dozen or less employees. It was, it was yeah, right? fantastic. But um, he, uh, Babylon Bee was banned from Twitter about two weeks ago for giving their man of the year to uh, award to one of the uh, chiefs of oh, staff. Right. to a trans Yeah, woman. the, the uh, U.S. Chief, Joint Chief of Staff, who is uh, trans now. And uh, Twitter was like, well, you're, you're banned now for that. And <laughs> and they issued a very sarcastic <laughs> apology. And that did not get them unbanned. Yes, on April yeah. 1st. Uh, so, I, you know, I would like it if he used his power to start making Twitter better. I don't know if he will. He is the link, single largest shareholder, though. Yeah, but on the other hand, he still owns less than 10%. Yes. So he can't can't do anything by himself. Right. Although he only owns, like, I think 15, 16% of Tesla, apparently. That's really? What I... Not a, not a, not a Bezos situation? No. Oh, well. They they probably do what he says because, you know, he built the company and clearly knows what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, uh, 17% stake. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I'm, I'm surprised. I personally would never give up um, more than 49% of a company that I built from the ground up, but hey. I would for money. <laughs> I mean, now he can use that money for uh, SpaceX or for Twitter or whatever. So I guess it has its advantages. Anyone wants to buy 80% of my law practice? Give me can a Can I have it for $2? You cannot. No. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Next, next story is from you. Oh, yes. Sorry. I was still on the uh, Twitter window. Uh, state court finds, California state court, uh, finds that their diversity mandate for corporate boards is unconstitutional. Uh, the California state law, Assembly Bill 979, required that publicly traded companies with a main office in California appoint at least one member uh, of the Asian, Black, Latino, LGBT, Native American, or Pacific Islander communities to their boards by the end of 2021, whether they fill an empty seat or create a new seat to do so. And the... Uh, the court said that this is um, discrimination and can't do that. What? I, Since when is racial discrimination unconstitutional? I don't know. I'm since yesterday, I guess. I think it's 1866 or something like that. Mm, doesn't seem, seem right to me. We've had a uh, we've had discrimination since the very beginning, and it's been pretty popular. Uh, yeah, but then we had those constitutional amendments that were like, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, but then in the 60s, we made the more laws that said you are allowed to do that and required. Oh, well, yes. In the 1860s, it was only the government that wasn't allowed to discriminate. Yes. But seeing as this is the government, uh, that's why it's unconstitutional. Oh, because it was a government law demanding that? Yes. It was the government saying, like, everyone has to discriminate. I 
again, I think the government has been saying that for quite a while, and most people are very happy with it. No, since 1860 or whatever, since the the uh, 14th Amendment, uh, guaranteed equal protection. That's where the whole strict scrutiny thing comes from. I have an argument, but again, that is not something I want to get into right now because we've been going on for a while. <laughs> I mean, look, the government definitely like does discrimination, yes. but they don't do it overtly. I, when someone says that I will only hire a judge if they are black and female, that's kind of overt, right? Well, yes, and that's also <laughs> unconstitutional. There's just no one to sue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think the government has been doing stuff like that for many decades, and most Merrick people, Garland won't do it. And most people are very happy that it does. Oh, they are. I'm just saying, it's they're not allowed to. Oh, well. And the courts have consistently held that. Like, whenever anything like that goes to court, the courts are pretty pretty on the ball being like, well, this is racial discrimination, so it has to pass strict scrutiny. I think the courts have been, in many cases, on the side of the people doing the discrimination because it was for a good cause. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you find me some examples, and we'll talk about it in the Discord. Okay. So, listeners, come join our Discord. Get in on that conversation. <laughs> uh, speaking of discrimination, yes. our next story is about Black Lives Matter and how it's a huge scam. <laughs> That sounds racist. Why are you be saying racist things? Uh, so so it's Black Lives Matter is obviously not a single organization, but the biggest Black Lives Matter organization is called the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. And that's the one that uh, everyone was giving money to, you know, two years ago after all the George Floyd stuff. And apparently they used six million of their of their donations to buy a party mansion in L.A. And that was bad enough. Right, that came out and everyone was like very embarrassed because they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to use this to um do activism." <laughs> that we need an LA mansion for activism. <laughs> but then it came out that one of their buddies had bought it like 3 days earlier for 3 million dollars. Oh my god. I did not hear that part. Nobody heard it because the the you know, the mainstream media doesn't want to report on this cuz they're like, "Well, Sounds kind of racist to talk about how uh, this BLM foundation was embezzling money. That is fantastic. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's like, you know, this had already, we had covered this, I think, last episode of the one before where they were just doing all kinds of, like, shady financial shit Mm -hmm. and getting in trouble for it. But this is just the the bigger than anything that came out before. It was like $3 million that they just handed off to their buddy. And, like, they... Somebody did like a real estate analysis. We're like, oh yeah, they definitely overpaid for this. This is not what what properties in this neighborhood cost. I'm assuming that there's going to be no consequences to anybody for this. Um, I think there might be. Like what they did isn't technically illegal, is it? It is if it's yeah, it's embezzlement. Don't isn't embezzlement when you take money and you put it in your private account? Yeah, isn't this a company or a a group doing something with money? Well, it's a nonprofit. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a there's a term for it. It's not it's not misappropriation, but it's like if 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 you're a part of a nonprofit group mm-hmm. and you overpay for something and get like a kickback from that, that's illegal. Okay, that part is. I I well now that the three million dollars thing three days before came out, I agree. But like just buying a six million dollar mansion would be okay normally, right? Yes, that would be that's okay. Legal. Okay, that's what I was going. If for. you just if you just like you know if it's if it's arguably related to your mission you can you can do it even if it's like clearly the least effective way to spend that right but you got to live somewhere Um, there's nothing illegal about that but no forming a deal with your buddy to be like we're gonna overpay for this mansion 
Like, and we all know that's what we're doing. Like, that's that's that is clearly bullshit. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I I, I didn't really care that much, so I didn't look into whether anyone's actually going to get in trouble for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would. I I would think so. I would think somebody's going to do something. Well, we will keep on top of it. If Wes is that interested in it, <laughs> yeah, we probably will. okay. Um, all right, and I think oh. Uh, we have one more story from Enia. Yeah, and just a minor thing. Uh, U.S. passports, I heard this morning as I was listening to my news update from NPR, uh, U.S. passports now include a gender X option. Uh, so you can mark a male, female, or X as you wish. Okay, but can we make that the only option? Honestly, I think they should just get rid of gender on passports entirely because nobody cares about your fucking gender. Either I think they should get rid of gender on everything. Yeah, either make it sex or get rid of it. And honestly, yeah. I, I guess, why, why was sex on there in the first place? Why does anyone care? I think it's just so, like, people can identify you. Okay. Like, it's like, you know, uh, usually you can tell the difference between a man or a woman. So if I steal your, so a woman's passport and hold it up and be like, this is me. And they'll be like, this says female. That's not you. I see. But, you know, you can't really do that anymore. So what's even the yep. point? Just get rid of it. Yeah. Um. All right. Good. <laughs> um, we are of an let's accord. Get rid of, let's just get rid of gender. Yes. <laughs> um, all right and that brings us to happy news Yay! good news everyone all right Inyash, what is the science daily story uh science daily has found that or uh, is reporting that old skin skulls can be reprogrammed to regain youthful function uh Ooh. yes this is from the barbraham institute uh that well, that sounds made up <laughs> i don't know maybe i mispronounced it uh but they say that they found a way to rejuvenate skin cells turn the the clock on them biological clock on those cells back about 30 oh God, years it's even worse it's babraham babraham that that doesn't yeah, sound like a like word. like hey if you were a president you'd be babraham oh yeah <laughs> uh it, i think that's a wayne's world joke what do this definitely says babraham though it's amazing this is the everyone everyone should support this institute i hope they only employ babes Otherwise, it's false advertising. See, now that's sexist. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were talking about uh, you know how we're all going to live forever. Yes. Uh, so this uh, it was a thing they they do to they can make regular cells back into stem cells uh, by initiating a biological process which does that but the problem with doing that is that the uh, stem cells are undifferentiated they no longer are the skin cells or the liver cells or whatever they were before which is a problem because you want your cells to be doing what they were doing uh and this yeah those other cells probably aren't useful for anything yeah but this arrests the process part of the way through which uh, will rejuvenate the cell but doesn't take it entirely back to a pluripotent stem cell so they re- still retain uh, their skin cell function or well at least something's getting arrested oh, okay okay i get it cuz cuz donald trump isn't <laughs> uh, no i mean the black lives matter case. oh okay yeah yeah there's a lot of people not getting arrested that should be yeah, getting and arrested trump. yeah um but yeah it's it's not in wide application yet it's only been on uh cells cultured cells in a petri dish that have gotten a imitation of a skin wound uh so you know not not done in practice yet but still promising research uh yeah that sounds pretty awesome yeah. hopefully they do that with all the cells i should and then we can all be 20 years old God, again. that'd be nice not to be an old guy but to be pretty sweet yeah and you know as long as you could keep doing that every 30 years you'd never have to die at all and ain't that the goal it all is right. in fact other happy news um, I didn't know, you know, I put this in happy news. 
I think it's happy. Uh, it might not be. But I'm just going to read this quote. That the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy estimates that it would cost just over $24 billion to have prototype vaccines ready for each of the 26 known viral families that cause human disease. I saw this too. I definitely think it's happy news. I was about to put it in happy news and then I saw that you already did. Yeah. $24 billion is uh, what? Like one twentieth of what we spent on COVID relief? Yeah. Uh, to just have vaccines ready to go if another pandemic happens ridiculously cost effective and we should do it immediately yeah the reason the reason i was like i'm not sure if this goes in happiness is that um is that you know nobody's funded it yet and i don't know if we're going to because you know we live in the stupid timeline right. i forgot that that was a thing david used to say every episode we live in the stupidest timeline yep it's too bad he's not here to say it. All right. Next happy news is, and I alluded to this earlier, the Supreme Court held that you can sue for malicious prosecution if your criminal charges are dropped. Uh, previously, this was an open question. The uh, malicious prosecution had to, uh, one of the elements of the tort is that your case had to terminate favorably to you. Oh. And... Some courts interpreted that to mean you had to be found not guilty yeah. and not just that the prosecutor dropped the charges, which was obviously ridiculous. And the Supreme Court saw right through it. Interestingly, it was a six to three decision okay. with um, the dissenters were Alito, Thomas and Gorsuch. Hmm. Now, thankfully, nobody was being a complete putz and saying that you need to have a, uh, a, a not guilty verdict okay. because... Then you could just maliciously prosecute people for whatever you want, then drop the charges right before trial, and they still have to go through all this bullshit and, you know, possibly be waiting in jail pending trial, yeah. and then you just get away with it. So that that's, like, a crazy position. Nobody held that. But what they did, uh, the, what the dissenters said, was just that the Fourth Amendment shouldn't protect from malicious prosecution. Wait, why not? Because it doesn't say that anywhere, Eniash. Well, it says unreasonable search and seizure. This isn't a search or a seizure. I think if Clarence Thomas is on the side of the six, these other three got nothing to stand on. Well, Clarence Thomas is not on the side of the six. Oh, I thought you said it was uh, Gorsuch, Alito, and... Thomas. Ah, damn it. Yeah. And this is what I mean about Clarence Thomas. Mm. You'd think he'd be like, well, I don't see anywhere in the Constitution that it says the government can prosecute you without probable cause, so you're not allowed to. But instead, he's like, well, it doesn't say anywhere that you're allowed to sue over this. So you can't. All right. I'm getting less and less pleased with Thomas every time you say a right. word about him. Right. Total shame. Yeah. He, should, he should recuse himself from everything. Yeah. Just rec- um, but the good news is that nobody agreed with Thomas, or only two of them did. And even, like, three of the conservatives agreed that, yes, um, this is a thing you can sue for. The Fourth Amendment protects from it. Um, and you can sue under section 1983 which is the statute that allows people to sue when their civil rights have been violated oh thank goodness so yeah definitely happy news all right and that takes us to troop deployments i'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal as we all know politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers so in that spirit we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield every episode and we're missing david so we'll start with eniash okay uh this Troop deployment is basically just me going to be tooting my own horn about how great me and my friends are. Uh, (laughs) Way back in, I think it was early 2017, uh, a person named, God, what was his name? 
Hold on a sec. Let me look this up real fast. Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer. That's right. Alt-right troll. Uh, people called him a Nazi because that's just what you call anybody who is to the right of you politically if you don't like him. Um, I think Richard Spencer is actually a Nazi. He definitely seemed at the very least a white supremacist. And po- yeah. Yeah, not, Nazi might apply to him. Uh, I, I would not go so far as to try to defend the, anyone saying that he's a Nazi uh, on grounds that he's not a Nazi. But anyways, yeah, Richard Spencer, at least alt-right, quite possibly actual Nazi, uh, he was punched in the streets while asking a while answering a question from a reporter. And there was a huge amount of discourse after that about how great it is to punch Nazis and everybody should do it. And... Uh, on the Bayesian Conspiracy, me and my co-conspirators were talking about this for a bit, and I'm very strongly anti-violence in general. And I, the three of us basically came down on the side of, in general, you don't want to be punching people, limit that as much as possible. But also, uh, people just call anybody they don't like Nazis, and then use that as an excuse to punch them if it's okay to punch Nazis. So... Don't punch Nazis, man. Uh, It's going to lead to bad things. And uh, I just want to say that we were five years ahead of our time because now Putin is saying that uh, people he doesn't like are Nazis and that's why it's okay to kill them. Because honestly, if you have a fucking Nazi in your country, why are you stopping at punching them anyway? They're goddamn Nazis. They want to kill the Jews. They want to, instead of fascist government, kill all the Nazis. Which is uh, my way of saying that I was right all along. Uh, Don't just... Punch, attack, whatever, anybody who is called a Nazi, maybe prove they did something wrong in a court of law first, because otherwise you get to the point where you're um, oh, justifying killing people you don't like because you claim that they're Nazis. Yeah, and that's uh, obviously what happened immediately after that whole thing, is just everyone just started calling anyone they didn't like a Nazi. It's, and uh, yeah, Putin caught on, and now this is where we yeah. are. Honestly, even before the punching happened, people were calling anybody they didn't like Nazis, but it was still early days for that. Well, I also have a complaint about the left as my troop deployment. Um, So my troop deployment this week is that the stupidity is the point. Uh, This week, it came out that the leading Black Lives Matter charity is in large part a scam. Now, this is two years after the George Floyd protests, which took a huge amount of activism, energy, and funding for police reform, which is desperately needed, and flushed it down the toilet. Some of this took the form of BLM leaders embezzling money and buying frivolous luxuries. But the bigger tragedy was the coalescence around a stupid, unpopular, and polarizing slogan, defund the police. When the protests were first happening, there were actually good demands. Most notably, the 8 Can't Wait campaign, which demanded sensible reforms like banning strangleholds, requiring warning shots before deadly force is used, and giving officers a duty to intervene when other officers are using excessive force. Even better, there was some energy going toward a repeal of qualified immunity for police officers. But instead what happened was that we got a bunch of people screaming defund the police. Then a bunch of people claiming, well, it didn't actually mean defund the police. And then a bunch of people saying, yes, it really did mean defunding the police. And the only progress made was that the blue tribe got less popular and nothing was done on police reform. Now, Shit like this is what I'm talking about when I say woke is the new cool. Defund the police didn't become the slogan because it was politically effective or broadly popular. It became the slogan because you kind of had to be an idiot to believe it. (laughs) Now, the immutable law of high-status behaviors is that they must be exclusive. If anyone can do it, it can't be high-status. So, for instance, when I was in high school, smoking was cool. At that time, everyone knew it gave you cancer, and that's what made it cool. You had to kind of be an idiot to do it, so most people wouldn't. As a result... 
It was a thing that only a select few people were able and willing to do. Nerds like me would say nerdy stuff like smoking gives you cancer, while the cool kids were outside looking like James Dean. (laughs) Wokeness works the same way. Every battle they win pushes the ideology more and more extreme because it has to be exclusive. If everyone agrees that black lives matter, they have to come up with a different slogan that most people disagree with because how else will they show that they're better than everyone else? So they end up supporting things that you kind of have to be an idiot to support because that's how you make a belief exclusive enough to be high status. So please, don't get caught up in this stupidity. If a slogan sounds stupid, that's because it's stupid. And no amount of sane washing will change that. Don't let anyone convince you that you should be supporting a message that you know to be dumb. It might get you Twitter likes, but it won't accomplish political goals. Huzzah. All right. That's our show for this week. I have heard from David. He just overslept. So he's fine. Cool. Um, so he'll be on our next episode, which will be in two weeks. Please follow us uh, wherever you uh, follow podcasts. Support us on Substack to get early episodes, bonus episodes, and access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. Uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time. Same rat channel. Bye.